0: welcome to the podcast this is hypochondriacs almanac and we are recording for you folks this thursday evening i am sarah and this is my co-host katrina say hi katrina hello this is the podcast for all of you hypochondriacs out there that secretly think you have a new disease every time you have a sniffle slight twinge or a headache it is not a tumor Or maybe it is. We understand, we identify, and we have definitely scoped out WebMD more than our fair share of the times. Let's talk weird diseases, strange illnesses, crazy syndromes, rare disorders, and some more common ones. Before we get started, we're going to give you our few little disclaimers that we always do. We are not doctors, nurses, or medical professionals. Please, please, please do not take what we say on the show as medical advice. We're not trying to treat you, diagnose you, or fix your medical conditions. If you have an issue, please see your doctor. Don't guess or take what we say as a diagnostic tool. We just want to talk about fun and weird parts of the medical world and all things interesting when it comes to medicine. Tonight's episode is about skin cancer. This is a very common and prevalent condition out there today. And that is why we feel it is so important that we address this and really give folks a comprehensive guide to sort of tell them about what skin cancer is, what they should look for, what some of the more common myths and facts are about skin cancer that they really need to know. Um, Skin cancer is the most common of all human cancers. This information I got from webmd.com. So if you want to search it out and give yourself a little recap, we will put the uh, website into the show notes. Um, One million people in the US are diagnosed each year with some type of skin cancer, at least one million people each year. But essentially, cancer happens when normal skin cells undergo a transformation and grow and multiply without normal controls. This Allows something called a tumor to form. Tumors are only cancerous if they're malignant. This means that they encroach on and invade neighboring tissues, especially lymph nodes, because of uncontrolled growth. Tumors can also travel to remote organs via the bloodstream. This process is called metastasis. Tumors overwhelm surrounding tissues by invading their space and taking the oxygen and nutrients they need to survive and function. Skin cancer, folks, this is no joke. There are three basic types. The basal cell carcinoma, Mm -hmm. squamous cell carcinoma, and melanoma. The first two skin cancers are grouped together as non-melanoma skin cancers. Other unusual types of skin cancer can include Merkel cell tumors and dermatofibrosarcoma protuberans. I will put this information oh. into the show notes because that is quite a mouthful. That's a huge mouthful. The basics on skin cancer. The vast, vast, vast majority of skin cancers are basal cell carcinomas and squamous cell carcinomas. They're usually malignant and are unlikely to spread to other parts of the body. They can be disfiguring, though, if they are not treated early. That is why it is so important to get yourself regularly checked and examined for abnormal spots, weird-looking moles, strange little areas on your body. Do not guess, folks. If you have some, first of all, check yourself. Second of all, have your significant partner, your sister, your best friend, check the parts that you can't see because a small number of those skin cancers that are diagnosed are malignant melanomas. These are highly aggressive cancer that tends to spread to other parts of the body and they can be fatal if they are not treated early. All skin cancers typically start out as precancerous lesions. They are sh- they are changes in the skin that are not cancer, but they could become cancer over time. That is why it is so important that if you have a little spot that does not heal on your body, a lesion, that you get a doctor to check it out. If you have something that you think is a pimple or a sore, or a bug bite that doesn't heal after several weeks, get it checked out. Some of the more common changes in the skin that can typically be linked to skin cancer are actinic keratosis, which is an area of red or brown scaly rough skin. This can develop into cancer. A nevus is a mole or an abnormal mole which can develop into melanoma over time as well. Moles are just typically gross in your skin, people, and they rarely develop into cancer, but sometimes they can. That is why it is so important to keep an eye on those moles. They say that most people have 10 to 30 moles on their body that can be identified as flat, raised, smooth on the surface, round or oval in shape, pink, tan, brown, or skin colored, and no larger than a quarter inch across. If a mole on your body looks different, folks, ask your health care provider to take a look at it. This is so, so, so important. (laughs) Do not guess. Have it looked at. I ask my doctor all the time. I'm like, can you look at this mole? And And they're
1: always happy to do it.
0: Yeah, like, and most of the this time it's this nothing. Mole looks
1: weird? Does it look weird? And they're like, "Oh, you're fine."
0: <laughs> People can have as many as a hundred or more of these kind of strange-looking, abnormal moles with notched or faded borders. Some can be flat or raised, and the surface can be smooth or pebbly. Sometimes they're large, up to a quarter inch across or larger, and can be mixed color, including pink, red, tan, or brown. But yeah, I have a couple of the
1: larger moles and they say what you want to look for. Uh, the doctor always says is if it, if the coloring goes outside the mole
0: Yes. and if,
1: and if it like, if it dramatically changes.
0: Yes. Yeah. So it grows, the color looks different. Um, it gets scabby changes. If it stays the same in size, shape, color, or texture, then typically you don't need to worry about it. It's when you start to see changes, rapid changes especially, that you need to be concerned and get help. Abnormal bleeding from it, too. Yes. But the number of skin cancer cases in the US is really they say growing at a pretty alarming rate. Yeah. Um and this is typically caused by ultraviolet light exposure most commonly from sunlight, but a lot of those people are using those tanning booths. Oh, no. No, thank you. Immunosuppression or impairing of the immune system, which protects body from germs or substances, can cause an allergic reaction. Exposure to unusually high levels of radiation, like x-rays, and contact with certain chemicals can cause the cancer levels in your body to rise and can significantly contribute to the increased rates of skin cancer. People that are at the greatest risk of skin cancer, and I think, you know, being a fair-haired, light-skinned person, we learned this pretty early, but if you did not know, people with fair skin, especially types that freckle, sunburn easily, or become painful in the sun, those people are more prone to, to the risk of skin cancer. People with light blonde or red hair and people with blue or green eyes tend to be more prone to skin cancer. Those with certain genetic disorders that deplete skin pigment, like albinos and people with um, pigment issues can also be more prone to skin cancer. People who have already been treated for skin cancer, people with numerous moles, unusual moles, or large moles that were present at birth can be more prone to skin cancer. People with close family members who have developed skin cancer People who have had at least one severe sunburn early in life, people with burns or, that are unrelated to sunburn, and people with indoor occupations and outdoor recreational habits are all people that can be more prone to skin cancer. They are also can be more common in older people. Ay yi But the risk of this, the melanoma rises with age. So let's talk about some of the symptoms that people can experience when they've got that skin cancer. A basal cell carcinoma usually looks like a raised, smooth, pearly bump on the sun-exposed skin of the neck, head, or shoulders. Small blood vessels may be visible within the tumor. Central depression with crusting and bleeding frequently develops. And can often appear as a sore that does not heal. And we kind of touched on that earlier. If you experience any of those things that you can see in a portion of your body, see a doctor. Because if you leave it, it can develop into a large mass. And that can be pretty dangerous. You would have to have a chunk of your skin cut out and possibly treatment for cancer. And it can spread to other parts of your body. I don't mean to come off as being, you know, so harsh with it but the thing is many people just let it go instead of getting it checked out and it ends up being so much worse if they would have just dealt with it six months to a year before they wouldn't have had the same problems. Um, A change in the size, shape, color elevation of a mole is cause for concern. The appearance of a new mole during adulthood or new pain, itching, ulceration or bleeding of an existing mole can be cause for concern. They say that Just take a look at A, B, C, D, E. They use this for identifying malignant melanomas. Look for asymmetry, where one side of the lesion doesn't look like the other. Border irregularity, where margins are notched or irregular. Color, with a mixture of brown, black, tan, red, white, or blue. Diameter. Cancerous lesions can be larger than six millimeters across, about the size of a pencil eraser. Although with early detection, they usually don't reach that size. And then evolution. Has your mold changed over time? Seek out medical care. Especially those of you out there with fair coloring who have had a lot of sun exposure. Get periodically checked. Just don't mess around. I know that when we were kids... We got some pretty severe sunburns because mom and dad didn't necessarily make sure we had sunscreen on all the time. But the examinations and tests for skin cancer are pretty simple. So there's no excuse, folks. Why don't you tell us some of the more common um, facts and myths about skin cancer?
1: Well, I have an article uh, from safebee.com about 10 skin care cancer myths and mistakes. And the number 1 is skin cancer is an older people problem, which is totally false. Um, oh yeah. Young younger people can and do get all types of skin cancers, including including basal cell squamous cell and the more deadly melanoma. In fact, melanoma rates have been increasingly rapid among younger people. It's the leading cause of cancer-related death in young women. It says that melanoma is the number one cause of cancer-related death in women 25 to 30, and the second leading cause of cancer death in women 30 to 35. Rates of melanoma have been rising among young men as well. This year, about 74,000 new cases of melanoma will be diagnosed in the United States. According to estimates from the American Cancer Society, more than 3.5 million cases of squamous and basal cell cancers are diagnosed
0: annually. So I just want to interject here and really emphasize this fact to the listeners, because one of my very, very good friends who is I believe she's now in her early 30s, was diagnosed with skin cancer and I am going to and interject her story here. I have special guest Sam that I have interjected her personal story within our episode just so that the listeners can get a practical example of what normal people experience when they get skin cancer. Because, you know, we hear what celebrities experience and we hear what you know people in the media and we only hear very dramatic, crazy, insane stories about it. And I really want the listeners to be able to hear a story from a normal perspective from an everyday average person. So I thought who better to give this story than Nurse Sam because she has very practical examples of experiences she's had in her life and she has experienced skin cancer. Sam, when was it that you were diagnosed with skin cancer?
2: It was 2012. It was the summer of 2012.
0: And what happened? Did you what what cued you to go look for this?
2: So, I actually wasn't looking um it wasn't a mole that concerned me. I had had a mole on the back of my thigh that looked it was pink. And it wasn't like any of my other moles, because I have a lot of moles. I'm pretty fair skinned. Um, And it was about the size of a pencil eraser and about the same color, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, And it stuck out maybe a quarter of an inch. Okay. Almost like a pencil eraser. Maybe not quite. It didn't stick out quite as much as a pencil eraser, but like it stuck out. And because I'm so fair skinned. I would look in the mirror wearing shorts and think, oh, I don't want that pink dot on the back of my leg anymore. I had had it for about three years. Okay. And I went to the dermatologist and I said, you know, I want this mole cut off. I don't really like it. Um, so my general doc had referred me to the dermatologist. Um, and at first the dermatologist said, well, that kind of looks like a bug bite. I'm like, no, it's not a bug bite. I've had it for three years. Okay. So he cuts it off. They send it to the lab. Well, I get a call uh, I don't know, like a week later or something. Hang on, hang on. Saying, one sec.
0: One sec. Is that a normal okay. thing? Do they typically remove a mole and send it in for
2: screening? Yeah. Usually if they remove it, they'll send it.
0: Whether they're suspicious or not.
2: Well, that was my only, that was my only experience with having moles removed. Okay. And I also had one removed from my chest and they sent both.
0: Okay. So then what happened? And that, so, um,
2: they told me that the one from my leg had came back positive for melanoma, um, Okay. and they wanted to see me to get... So what they do, because they only cut off the top of the mole, Right. they needed to go back in and remove the entire mole and like see how deep the melanoma would have gotten.
0: So the one on your chest so, was not positive for the cancer. Correct. And the one on your leg on was leg positive was. for the cancer, but a mole is deeper than just the surface of the skin is that correct right okay yeah, so they had to go, go in and dig it out by the root kind of okay. so what he he
2: i don't remember exactly what he wanted to do but i had a friend of the family who had melanoma and it wasn't very deep but then he ended up having it in his lymph nodes so i was like super freaked out and i was like well i want my lymph nodes checked and he was like well it's not quite deep enough but and I'm like, well, I want them checked. Here I'm thinking, like, he was an older gentleman, and I thought, you're close to retirement, dude. I'm not messing with this. You thought it was a bug bite. Like, I didn't really fully trust
0: right him. Okay.
2: So <clears throat> I insisted that I get my lymph nodes checked, which was probably a little extreme, but I was like, oh, I really want this done. So he referred me to a general surgeon, and the general surgeon, I forget, I must have had, like, a pre-office like a pre-surgery visit. So I went in, and he's like, okay, we'll do this, you know, we'll do this. So what they did was then, it was probably like a month later, and I waited that long because I had a trip planned to go back east to visit family. Right. So I go back in um, for the surgery date, and what they did was at the site of the melanoma, they injected this like, I don't know, some type of radioactive dye at the site of the mole to see which lymph nodes would suck up the dye because the lymph nodes that service that area of the body would get it first if any kind of cancer had spread. Okay. Because I had this thing for three years. Right. You know what I mean? So it yeah. kind of creeped me out. Anyways, so at that point then they went in, once they they marked where the lymph nodes were, like, I forget if it was, it must have been during surgery then,
0: That they marked it.
2: I forget exactly. But anyways, went into surgery. They pulled out the lymph nodes in my groin. And then...
0: Wait, so did they determine that there was cancer in them?
2: No, they were negative.
0: So why did they pull them out?
2: Because they had to test them to see if they were negative. So what the dye... All the dye did was show... Because you have clusters of lymph nodes throughout your body. Right. So all the dye did was show which lymph nodes serviced the specific area of my leg where the skin cancer was.
0: So they just removed them they precautionarily. As a, right. as well, a they precaution. have to test them to, so yeah, as a now, precaution to see. So now you don't have lymph nodes in that area.
2: I know. I think he took out four. There's like, they're like clusters of grapes throughout your body. So it's wow. not that I don't have any. So that's why they use the dye to see which ones soak it up first, okay. because you need your lymph nodes to move that fluid through the Very body.
0: Interesting. Like, this is so interesting.
2: Oh yeah. So anyway, then he went and took a large chunk of the skin out of the back of my leg. Where the mole it, was. Th- where the mole was. And right. Tell and the listeners
0: how t- big that chunk was.
2: Probably two inches by an inch and a half. It was a pretty big chunk.
0: And then how deep? He probably
2: was a little more aggressive.
0: How deep did he take it? But,
2: oh, maybe between half, maybe a quarter of an inch.
0: Wow. That is a big chunk. But enough to
2: where it was like right...
0: You don't remember me showing you those pictures of my leg? Um, I vaguely remember it, and thank God oh. you kept a bandage on it. I'm very squeamish about this kind of thing. Okay, then I won't send you the pictures. It's but like, anyway. I have a medical podcast, <laughs> but I'm really kind of freaked out by some things, and that is one of them. But anyway, go ahead. Oh, So anyway, so what they
2: did was they took the chunk— out to see exactly how deep the mole went because they want to get clean borders. Right. So they don't want to not take enough and then have to go back. So I think that's why they take such a big area.
0: Okay. And,
2: but had I done it, had I, if I was going to do it again, I would have a plastic surgeon do it because there is a pretty big scar in the back of my leg. And like when I went for my follow-ups, uh-huh. the doc was like, Oh, you should have plastics do that. That looks kind of scary it's fine
0: yeah (laughs) wow anyway and how long did that take to heal so
2: he told me he said you can either put a skin graft over it but then you have two scar sites where they take the skin from and then the site on the back of the leg he goes or you can just let it close it takes a little longer but you know and it looks about the same so it's like oh I'll just do with the one site right so I just let it close I kept bandages on it I kept it clean Gosh, it took probably gosh, over two months.
0: So the cancer because, did not return, though.
2: No, it did not. Do you that
0: periodically was, get it checked to make sure?
2: It wouldn't come back. I don't think it would come back to that site specifically. So I get if initially, I got skin checks every three months, I think, for the first year, and then it was, like every six months for another year or something, and then now it's yearly. So, but I go, like I went to one, the last place that I lived and I said I wanted a skin check and I asked specifically also about a mole that I was concerned with Uh and they were like, oh, you know, the mole's fine, blah, blah, blah. And he didn't give me like a full body check. Whereas people in the past, and then I went to others since then who I've liked more, they look, they check your whole body. Like I'm, I'm fair skinned, blonde hair. They go through my scalp. They look between my toes, they check like under the breast, they check like under, like you sit, you know, in in your gown, like a paper gown in your underwear, and they look like under my underwear band, like they check you head to toe.
0: And is this for everyone or is this just people that are more prone to skin cancer or have a history of skin cancer?
2: Well, I don't know because I haven't had one. I've never had a skin check.
0: Interesting.
2: You know what I mean? Like not having melanoma. So I don't know, but I know that when they question like certain moles, there's a light they can use and they like look real close with this light and yeah. So if you, if you really want a skin check, it needs to be, go to someone who's going to do a skin check. Right. Because I had that poor experience where the guy was like, Oh, didn't even like look at my, and my back is really molly and I can't see that myself. Yeah. I can look at every
0: place. Well, else. Now you can have Greg look at it. Can't you?
2: No, oh, I don't trust. I mean, he would be fine, but <laughs>
0: like, oh my god, bless your heart, Sam. Your, the honesty is just incredible here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but anyway, but I haven't had anything since then.
0: So no I chemotherapy, actually, no radiation. It was cancerous, oh, but no. it was something that they could cut out that had not moved to your lymph nodes. So there was no need Correct. for any further treatment besides just cutting the sucker out.
2: Right. Well, I went, I went one time to an oncologist, just as a like, precautionary follow-up. He did a chest X-ray, and I don't know if it has to do with how specific cancers travel or what, but he did a chest X-ray, and after that, there was nothing, just the dermatology
0: skin checks. Very interesting. So what is yeah. your number one recommendation then for people regarding skin cancer today?
2: Oh, cover your skin. I wear a hat all the time outside constantly. I always wear SPF on my face. I put my stuff on before I like in the morning when I'm getting ready. And then if I'm out in the sun, like, let's say I get ready at seven or eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. If I'm out in the sun at like one or two, I reapply because it's not those, the stuff in um, sunblock will break down so at, you, like over time. And so you have to reapply it. So you're not, not afraid have, to
0: go out in the sun. Now you won't necessarily cover all your skin from head to toe. You just put a lot of sunblock on.
2: No. Yeah. I put you sunblock. Well, and I have these two shirts actually from Columbia that are really lightweight and really soft and really comfortable. Um, and they're long sleeve. And I love wearing those cause then my shoulders and arms are covered. I'm not like covered in goopy sunscreen that stinks. Yeah. Um, Actually, Hawaiian, Hawaiian Tropic makes a really nice um, sunscreen lotion that I wear in my legs because it doesn't—it's not white, it doesn't stink, it doesn't feel thick, it absorbs like lotion. Oh, recommendation, folks!
0: Go get that Hawaiian Tropic. And, oh,
2: well, it's—it's it's the one that's like—it's got like a little bit of shimmer to it, and it's got a little scent, but it goes away like after you put it on. Nice. But I've tried a lot of other ones and there's always like a weird feeling to it after. So my skin absorbs this specific kind really well. So that's what I buy.
0: I like banana like boat. That one's up. decent too, I think. It has Which a one? banana boat.
2: Do they have a lightweight one though? Yeah,
0: like a sport one. Oh, but I see, haven't, I've been nervous to do the sport ones I because they're so heavy. I haven't seen it anywhere though. But I, uh. I like it. But I don't use the same sunscreen on my face and arms as I do on my legs. Kind of like yourself. Right. Yeah. Um, so you'll hit, try
2: Amazon, though. Amazon has everything.
0: Nice. Well, thank you so much for sharing your skin cancer story and recommendations you're welcome. to the listeners. Yeah. Um, I hope that you never have to experience that again. And I really sincerely hope that the listeners don't either. I mean, it is a scary experience Thanks. when you have that diagnosis, but I think your story is just proof that you can recover from it. And there are ways to deal with it that give you hope for a better future so that you're not sitting in and, and worried so much about what would happen if I got skin cancer? So thank you so much for sharing. Oh yeah. Oh, of course. And we are back. This is the regular show as recorded. Holy moly. That's yeah. so young. That was my friend, Sam. And that that's no joke. It's just, you, you don't want to mess with it, folks. It's skin cancer. And it seems to be something that is increasingly becoming a rapid part of our society as a whole I mean, and you see a lot of celebrities that are coming out and saying, hey, I had skin cancer, or they've got a Band-Aid on the side of their nose because they've had skin cancer cells removed. It is really getting very, very prevalent. And I'm not sure what the increased levels of cancer can be attributed to. Is it that we have more toxic chemicals in our environment now that are sort of putting our bodies out of whack and making us more susceptible to cancerous cells? Is it that we're getting more ultraviolet, exposure without sunscreen like what is really contributing to this increase yeah that's very very interesting keep going please continue number two if you if i've had a mole forever
1: it's fine only partially true it's true that most moles you have had since childhood won't become cancerous but they can typically melanoma occurs from a new mole or one that has changed over time if you notice Any changes in a mole's color, shape, or size, or if it's itching, painful, or bleeding, just to reiterate what you've already said, see your dermatologist right away. Melanoma moles can have unique characteristics such as being very large or have irregular borders. It can help to check out pictures Um, If you have any questions about what that might look
0: like. And we will go ahead and post some more common skin cancer examples on our Instagram Mm -hmm. so that you folks can get a look on what it looks like. All right.
1: Number three, skin cancer takes a long time to grow. I'll get this funny spot checked out later. Non-melanoma skin cancers, basal cell, and squamous do grow more slowly, but melanomas can progress quite rapidly. If you suspect any skin cancer, don't delay seeing a dermatologist. Whatever else that's on your schedule isn't as important. And you know what? I think if you have any rapid changes in your body anyway, no matter whether it be something on your skin that's abnormal, you should have it checked anyway. I mean, just be smart.
0: Yeah. I mean, why risk it? It, It's your life at stake here.
1: Yeah. Advocate for yourself. Right? Uh, Nobody else is going to do it for you. Number four, I haven't had a bad sunburn since I was a kid. I have nothing to worry about. Wrong. (laughs) Wrong. Eh. One blistering sunburn at a young age is enough to significantly boost your risk of skin cancer. It can more than double your chance of developing melanoma later in life, according to the Melanoma Research Foundation. Yikes. Wow.
0: I know I had quite a few doozies when we were little. Dad took us out to oh, the yeah. pool and didn't put sunscreen on us. And we—I remember having a couple really, really bad ones.
1: Yeah, I remember when we went to Disneyland and I fell asleep by the pool in the sun.
0: Oh,
1: and I, I did, hadn't put any prote- sun protection on, and I woke—I was so burnt. It was—it was so miserable. And then to have to go on the rides, uh
0: <laughs> that is like an Not extremely bad. painful experience and one that you hope to never repeat in your entire life because it hurts so bad. No, and you know what? I
1: With my kids, I'm always getting on them about putting sunblock on. And Gabe didn't one day and went to the river and got a really bad sunburn to the point where he was it peeled it blistered and it peeled and he was in pain for like really bad pain for like a week like he was that miserable is awful
0: yes and the thing so is I they're mean, even saying now that even with sunscreen you can still increase your chances of getting you know cancerous tissue even with sunscreen that it's better to just cover your skin period mm-hmm. end yep. of story Yep,
1: I mean, and there's a lot more options out there as far as like sun hats and long sleeve sunwear, like swimwear. So I mean, a
0: lot um, of very very lightweight fabrics now that can can block the sun rays and still not be hot, hot, hot. Check it out, folks. Go online and look some of those up, because or just avoid the sun during those hottest hours of the day. It's just It's not worth it to expose yourself in that way. Oh, girl,
1: I don't know about you, but I don't like to be out in the sun when it's that hot.
0: No, neither do I. I'm not down (laughs) with that. I want to be covered. I want a hat. I want something over my skin because even with sunscreen, I don't like to have the sun beat down on my skin. No, I I don't care for it. And then I think most most people don't understand as well that you have to put the sunscreen on. 30, 40 minutes before you go out there, you can still get sunburned mm-hmm. if you just slather it on and head right out into the sun. <laughs> well, and then and you, you can't have to reapply once
1: too. <laughs> you have to reapply. And if you're at the water, you have to frequently reapply. Because, and if you're sweating, I mean, just magnifying
0: it. no, it's yeah. just, it's not. Yeah. People don't understand the, the differences. Um, that that requires, you know, when you're sweating that off and you're wiping your brow and you're doing physical activity or you're getting in and out of the water, you're going to have to reapply. That's just how it is. But anyway, what, what other myths and facts do you have there for us? Number five, if I had skin cancer,
1: I would notice it
0: wrong. Wrong
1: again. Eh.
0: You people are doing awful tonight.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Melanoma can develop in many more places than just exposed skin. According to the melanoma research foundation, it can affect the eyes, scalp, mouth, feet, and nails. Nails. That's crazy, huh? Right? Yeah. It can even show up in between your toes on the soles of your feet, behind your ears, or even around your genitals. Oh, that would be awful. Non-melanoma cancers can pop up in hard to see places like your back and the back of your neck.
0: Which is why it is so Um, important to have other people help you periodically to check for skin cancer.
1: More than one hairstylist and barber has been credited with getting a customer to the dermatologist on time. Monthly skin self-checks are crucial. It's also important for people to see a dermatologist once a year for a professional skin exam. Yes. Now, I did not know that... I've never, I've never been, I've only been to the dermatologist when I was
0: younger. I wouldn't necessarily say that you need to go to a dermatologist for that. Most people will go have a regular examination with their doctor like a checkup once a year, you can have your regular doctor do that. Because I know that many medical plans do not cover, either don't cover a dermatologist or require a referral to see a dermatologist, which involves all kinds of hoops to jump through. Your main doctor can do that examination for for many people. Is that what you're going to say?
1: Yeah, no. Yeah, that's totally what I was going to say is I've always just had my regular doctor, my general doctor
0: do it. I mean, they have a pretty good idea if something looks abnormal, and are going to refer you to a specialist if they see something that looks crazy.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is they will send, they will refer you to the dermatologist if you have something that
0: doesn't look right. So if you have a mole that's giving them the lazy eye, <laughs> then they're going <laughs> to refer you to a specialist. <laughs> the crazy eye. Get that little sucker yeah. checked out. <laughs>
1: Okay, number six, I don't need a hat if I have sunscreen on my face.
0: Just and exactly what I said.
1: The top of the head, especially in those who have lost their hair, is very high risk, mainly for squamous cells cancers. It's exposed every day, so yes, you do need a hat.
0: Okay, I don't know about you, but my freaking scalp gets sunburned so easily. And it's not, It's my hair is blonde, first of all, so... The sun's rays beat down on my head and burn my scalp. Number two, I have a part, a side part, so it'll burn that scalp area. And, oh, my God, there's nothing worse than a scalp sunburn, like a bad scalp sunburn. I don't
1: generally have that happen, but Maya, she has light hair. Well, here's the deal, folks. I I have to put sunblock on her um,
0: scalp. So here's the deal folks that don't know us. Katrina is got dark hair, beautiful brown dark hair, and I have blonde hair. That's something that we kind of spoke to earlier. If you are a blonde, then you you're you're at a greater risk, unfortunately. And they do say blondes have more fun, but blondes do not have more fun when it comes to the risk of skin cancer because we have an increased risk. And it's for one of that simple reason, like my scalp can very, very easily get sunburned because the, the sun just shines right through that blonde hair and down onto my scalp. It's not a matter of having a receding hairline or thinning hair. It, this is just the way it is. And particularly mm-hmm. if you have a part in your hair as well. I don't mess around with that. If I'm going to be out in the sun, I'm wearing a hat.
1: Um, number seven, I put on sunscreen every morning so I'm good to go. We kind of touched on that a little bit. Not reapplying sunscreen often enough is a big mistake, according to the Skin Cancer Foundation. Many people don't apply enough to begin with either. You should apply an ounce or about two tablespoons of sunscreen everywhere that's exposed a half an hour before going outside. Exactly. Reapply every two hours or right after you sweat a lot or go swimming. If your skin is sensitive, choose a fragrance-free sunscreen and opt for physical sunscreens with zinc oxide or titanium dioxide instead of chemical sunscreens.
0: Well, and I think also the level of SPF, and I don't know if your article covers that, but it's my understanding that anything below like a 15 or a 20 is not worth your time, Um, but you should aim for something between 20 and 40. But anything over 40 is a waste of your time as well because you're not going to get any extra protection from that than you would from a 20.
1: I generally do like a 30.
0: Yeah, and that's a good in-between level that's nice. And I usually go for like the baby sunscreen because I feel like it's like the baby skin is the most sensitive. It's thicker. Yeah, so like the baby the sunscreen, baby is, sunscreen is, like, is like a thicker, more. It's gonna protect I feel you. like it gives Shit. so much more coverage. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. But anyway, sorry, continue.
1: Number eight, the dam- the damage is done. I may as well, for- oh, did I already say that? No. no. I may as well forget sunscreen. Bad idea. Really about 25% of our lifetime sun exposure has occurred by adulthood. And all that on- ongoing sun exposure during adulthood can have a cumulative effect, boosting your skin cancer risk.
0: Damn it, Which... people. Don't I boost your right? risk. <laughs> Don't do it.
1: Uh, Number nine, my dark skin protects me. See, I don't have that problem. I'm fair.
0: Yeah, me too. Not
1: true. People of all ethnicities and skin colors can and do get melanoma melanomas and other skin cancers. When African-Americans get melanoma, they are often diagnosed at a much later stage.
0: Dang.
1: The possibility yeah the possibility of skin cancer may not occur to them or to their doctor, even the doctors kind of researchers have found that their tumors tend to be more aggressive as well seriously. And I wonder if that's just because they don't ha- they have a tendency to not catch it as as soon. It's
0: no joke. um number
1: ten, I use a sunless tanner so that will keep me from burning and cancer. what no, yeah. That's that's, a, that's one of the myths. Uh, sunless tanning is a s- much safer option for people per- who prefer to look tan. She applauds the recent trend to sunless tanning over outdoor exposure or tanning beds. However, you still need to use sunscreen and follow other sun-safe habits such as wearing long sleeves, staying out of the most intense sun at midday when possible, and wearing long sleeves and pants if you
0: can. Yep.
1: Do you remember Rosalie would always put on the big hats? for yes. like Aunt Rosalie,
0: I do that now. And I'm like Rosalie. The long
1: sleeves, <laughs> yeah. And the she always had, yeah. She was really good about covering.
0: Her and body. I would always be like, "Isn't she hot?" And now <laughs> my boyfriend always says that to me. He's like, "Why do you have so much clothes on? are you hot?" And I'm like, "What is nope. going on?" <laughs>
1: You're like, "I don't want that sun. I don't want that cancer."
0: I feel like the hat and the long sleeves actually keeps you cooler. I
1: suppose I don't know.
0: Anyway, that's
1: not the case for me. I get really hot easy. Yeah, that was the that was the end of the article.
0: How dare you? No, I'm just kidding. No. Um, oh gosh, I'm a horrible person for finishing the article too soon. So what's interesting is that I also have another friend that recorded an episode. She is a nurse as well, and she also had skin cancer removed. She had a spot on the back of her arm, sort of where her, um, in between her, it was upper arm on the back of her arm, and she said it Hmm. felt like kind of a pokey area, like an ingrown hair kind of a situation, and then she went and Mm -hmm. got it checked out, and they said, that's skin cancer in a very aggressive form, and so they actually cut out a very big chunk of her arm. And she showed me pictures of it, and it looks like it's healed pretty well up until this point. But they recommended that she go get her lymph nodes checked out, and she has not done that. Um, oh. The thing with her is she believes in a holistic um, and healthful lifestyle. So what she's been doing is treat- she had the the chunk of the cancer removed from her arm, mm-hmm. and that area tested clean. But she's basically been doing... A ph balanced lifestyle and taking CBD oil and like just loading her body with all kinds of healthy vitamins and minerals and cutting out sugar and caffeine and some of the other things in I've your diet. I've heard that
1: that CBD oil is really good for helping with cancer.
0: Yeah, no freaking joke. And she's been taking some kind of a collagen supplement, I believe, as well to help her. Oh, stay. yeah, I've heard about that too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the more naturopathic and holistic type of healing. Um, particularly through diet, where you um, balance your body's pH, because it's my understanding, and I believe that I've spoke about this. I kind of touched on it on an, an earlier episode of the podcast that cancer thrives in an acidic environment. Mm-hmm. If you, I've read that, if you create a alkaline environment within your body, then cancer cannot survive. Cancer yep. thrives when your body is overly acidic. And what can make your body acidic? Stress, alcohol consumption, junk food, sugar, chemicals in the environment. Cleaning supplies can even help create an acidic environment in your body. So it's very interesting. And then we had a whole episode that we did. um, I think it was the episode before last where we talked about food as medicine and different types of foods that can be um, cancer-preventing. So you want to load your body up with those things and avoid the ones that are products that are heavily processed and filled with chemicals and sugars and all kinds of things that do not come naturally in nature because those are the things that are creating that acidic environment in your body. Now, are we telling you... Screw what your doctor says. Don't get a diagnostic diagnosis. You can cure yourself. You can fix everything that ails you with diet and exercise. No, we are not telling you that. We are just telling <laughs> you that crazy. to be open to the possibility that diet and exercise and a way of thinking can be a very effective means of creating a healthy environment in your body that sort of um makes it harder for disease or cancer to take hold right right
1: and and not only that i I've, I've I've heard people just using that alongside of uh, what the doctor is having you know to together you know like the chemotherapy and the healthier diet, you know, using them together um to get rid of the cancer,
0: yes. So just to recap, folks, in case you didn't catch what we said earlier, skin cancer is cancer that arises from the skin. This is largely due to the development of abnormal cells that have the ability to invade or spread to other parts of the body. Those three main types of the skin cancer were the basal cell skin cancer, the BCC, the squamous cell skin cancer, the SCC, and the melanoma. The first two, along with some more less common skin cancers, are known as the non-melanoma skin cancers. Basal cell skin cancer grows slowly and can damage the tissue around it, but is unlikely to spread to distant areas or result in death. So squamous cell skin cancer is more likely to spread, usually presents as a hard lump with a scaly top, but can also form an ulcer melanomas are the most aggressive. Check your body for moles that are changing in size, shape, color. The edges are weird. They itch or bleed. So 90% of skin cancer cases out there are typically caused by exposure to ultraviolet radiation from the sun. Exposure of that UV radiation, the UV rays, increase the risk of all three types of skin cancer. Now, scientists, doctors, and experts out there say that exposure to those UV rays are usually increased because of a thinner ozone layer today. Than there, and that's why we're experiencing many more cases of skin cancer. But tanning beds... They're a huge source of ultraviolet radiation and more and more people have used those tanning beds for that quick fix to get that little brown skinned look and end up exposing themselves and getting, increasing their risk of skin cancer. Melanomas and basal cell skin cancers, <sighs> exposure for heavy UV rays during childhood, super, super harmful. So protect your kids at all costs. Um, between 30 and 20 and 30 percent of melanomas develop from moles. That is why it is so important to keep an eye on those moles, look for changes and irregularities. And then of course, as we mentioned earlier, light skin, light eyes, light hair, all increase your risks as well as poor immune function from HIV, AIDS, AIDS some of the other um, immune function diseases out there, they can really increase your chances of developing skin cancer. So wear your sunscreen, cover your skin, get yourself checked out. These are all things that are super, super important. Um, Treatment for skin cancer can vary nowadays. It's generally the most common form of, Treatment for skin cancer is surgical remover removal of the whatever that area is. So typically they'll go in there pretty aggressively and remove a good portion of the skin outside of the cancer's area just to make sure that it does not spread. Um, But they will also look at things like radiation therapy or topical medications. Nowadays, if you have more aggressive skin cancer and you've got that melanoma that pops up. You typically need surgery, chemotherapy, radiation, and targeted therapy in order to get rid of those. And this can also involve spread of the cancer into other parts of the body, which would make it even more important that you have chemotherapy and radiation in relation to that. Melanoma has one of the higher survival rates among cancers with over 86% of the people or 86 to 90% of the people surviving more than five years. So so they've got some pretty effective treatments out there. Again, as we mentioned earlier, skin cancer is one of the most common forms of cancer, with at least 40% of the cancer cases being attributed to skin cancer. Um, And roughly 2 to 3 million people a year get diagnosed with this. But I think they've pointed out that good statistics are pretty hard to keep worldwide when it comes to cancers. I've got some little pictures of the three different most common types of skin cancer. I'm going to post those online onto our show notes so people can kind of get some examples of what these cancers look like. Causes for cancer, as I mentioned earlier, ultraviolet radiation can increase your chances of developing skin cancer. Certain professions can put you at greater risk, like farming. Um, Smoking tobacco can increase your risk. HPV infections can increase your risk of skin cancer. Um, Some genetic syndromes like congenital melanocytic Nevi syndrome, which is birthmarks or moles that are unusual and present at birth can increase your chances of skin cancer. Chronic non-healing wounds or ulcers can turn into skin cancer more easily. Ionizing radiation like x rays, environmental carcinogens, artificial UV radiation like tanning beds, and light skin color, as well as aging, can increase the risk for skin cancer. Um, And then use of immunosuppressive medications can do that as well. Be careful, people. Get checked out. We cannot emphasize that enough. And prevention is huge, huge, huge. Cover your skin. I think we've pretty much covered off on almost everything that I can think of. Can you think of anything else you want to add? No, I think we covered quite a bit of info. So it appears that the prognosis is really good for folks that are diagnosed for the most part with skin cancer with some pretty high survival rates now. However, that is entirely dependent upon early detection. Anytime you can't anytime you catch cancer or diagnose cancer in the later stages, your chances of survival are dramatically decreased. So get that early detection going, and you are going to just jump your rates of survival up extremely high. Skin cancers result in about 80,000 deaths a year. 80 to 100,000 deaths a year, I would say. Wow. And this has increased, but... We need to be careful. We need to watch our skin and and be aware of what's going on. Hope you guys enjoyed the show for the day. This is the point where we say so long, farewell, goodbye for now. Please rate, review, and subscribe to our show. We love it when you guys give us good reviews. They make us feel like we're doing something wonderful for you all. We just want to share this information, increase awareness, and get folks thinking about their health in a different sort of way. We don't want to scare you guys. But be aware of what's going on. Know your body. That's one of the most important takeaways that you can take from this episode. And if you have questions, comments, or suggestions, please send us an email. We're at hypoalmopodcast at gmail.com or hypochondriacsalmanac at gmail.com. Send us an email. We love, love, love when we talk to you guys. Uh, Please join us again next week when we talk more about medical news, conditions, and treatments. Good night, podcast peeps. Stay healthy, keep it real, and always live your very best life. Bye. Bye.